with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about giving and getting feedback and supervision. We read Medium.com's article, Enough of the Shit Sandwich, How to Do Feedback Better. And Heather, one of the points that they made was that in giving feedback, you really need to know that you are not perfect. Can you think of a time in supervision when you were really aware that you are not perfect? I can think of lots of times, actually. <laughs> I can remember being a supervisee and having a conversation with my supervisor Mm. and him explaining that the job I was doing needed to be able to withstand me not being there. Meaning that no matter what I was doing, I needed to like relax a bit, take it down a notch. It needed to continue without me working Mm -hmm. so hard. I think it's also important to reflect on that and go, part of being in the mental health field means that we're doing lots of things to stay current and grow and change. And I can't imagine that any of us would ever be in a position where we feel like we're perfect. It's dangerous, I think, when we start thinking that we're perfect or that we know. Right. Thinking about this, I thought about times early on with supervisees where a supervisee and the situation really got away from me. Ah. Early on, I had a supervisee that, I don't think that they had bad intent, but they started out missing sessions, canceling sessions, okay. rescheduling sessions, and we just were not meeting often enough. And it got, it gradually got worse and worse, of course. And I got to a point where I looked back and realized we'd maybe only met one time in the entire month. I remember feeling like this supervisee's clients were really intense Mm -hmm. and had a lot of needs. And I was concerned that they weren't getting enough supervision given the amount of clients they had and the intensity of those clients. And I thought, man, I have really let this get away from me. I would like to have done something about it sooner, address the problem more quickly, come up with a resolution, you know, more easily, quickly, more directly. I definitely learned a lot from that situation. Yeah. I think there's times that you can look at a situation like that and go, okay, I wouldn't ever do that again. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like it was very easy to get caught up in the situations to go, wait, 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 reel it back in. We got to, we got to assess this quickly. Mm -hmm. This week, we're also focusing on activities to use when giving and getting feedback and supervision. Previously, our episode in involving activities got a lot of interest. So we're kind of going back to that. So Heather, can you think of any activities that you might use in supervision that would really help you through this first step, acknowledging that you are not perfect? It's one of the ones I like to use, and it was taught to me in grad school in a different way Mm -hmm. as a art therapy intervention. I've changed it several times since then. (laughs) It's a tree, and you can draw a tree or use a thing already pre-drawn if you want, but you talk about parts of the tree and the roots being what you need and the trunk being what are you growing in? Like, what are you still learning? And then the branches being like strong points. Like, what are you good at? When you work that through with a supervisee, it can be very specific to what in this situation. Sure. You know. So it can be as detailed and specific or big picture general as you need it or want it to be. Right. I I like that idea. One activity that I might use, I think I maybe would prefer to do this with a group. I think it makes more sense in a group. Would be a spectrogram. Oh, yeah. You could get all kinds of feedback 
feedback mm -hmm. in all different situations using a spectrogram. If you aren't familiar with a spectrogram, you might ask a question like, how did you feel that session went? And one side of the room is amazing, a 10 out of at 10 out of 10 or something like, you know, right. really right. wonderful. And the other side of the room is a one out of 10. And I should have just stayed home that day. Something right. really awful. Right. Then the people involved in the spectrogram pick a point in the room on that spectrum that feels to identify how they're feeling about that. I like that. It would thing. work really well with a group. So maybe a group supervision, even a triad. Yeah, I think group. a triad would work. The next point in the article that we read was assess your motivation. Mm -hmm. I really have to catch myself on this sometimes. Heather, can you think of some times in supervision where you've really had to stop yourself, assess your own motivation before moving forward? Yes, because sometimes you're working with a supervisee and you can already see danger, bad path, especially if it's something that made like a sensitive topic to me personally, then I think I sometimes jump in and don't give them a chance to figure out what's going on. I worked in a day treatment program where this came up often because people were mad at each other for mm -hmm. other reasons. People get punitive. I like to look at intervention to use called the chain of whys. Do it as a flow chart or you can do it kind of as a circle on a page and can look like a tornado by the end. But you, you take the problem topic and keep focusing on it and keep focusing on it and really check yourself. And it, what it always gets down to by the end is it's emotionally based. If you're reacting or you're trying to impart some kind of change and it's because you emotionally are too caught up in it, then you know that that's not the best mm. way to proceed. So as you get farther and farther in this spiral or right. tornado and you're getting closer and closer to the root, does that then inform what you do? Yes, that so will that's change. After you your, get to the right. bottom of the you motivation. Bottom, okay, well, I'm doing this because I am cranky this morning and I'm tired and maybe I am over the session right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> does, do you ever get to the bottom of the tornado and realize that is a good reason for making this decision? Yes. For me, like questionable child abuse cases where maybe you're on the fence and you're not sure, I tend to be pretty reactive and sensitive to those. They need mm -hmm. to make sure they're looking out for A, B, and C. You said earlier that a time where you need to assess your own motivation might be a time where something just really strikes you personally. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's when I have to catch myself. And an example I can think of, if really, if anyone does this, <laughs> but also when supervisees imply that play therapy is person-centered play therapy. Oh. When really play therapy is an umbrella with many right. different types right. of therapy underneath that umbrella. Mm -hmm. That for sure, <laughs> one of my little pet peeves, and it almost, I have to catch myself for my instant reaction of, that's not true. <laughs> that's not what that means. That I have to catch myself before I give that immediate feedback, but allow them, a supervisee, the space to grow right. and understand. The words play therapy don't imply just one single intervention, but a very diverse range of right. possible interventions. Right. So I have to catch myself. A technique or an activity that I would like to use in this scenario would be three wishes. Oh, like yeah. asking myself or mm -hmm. asking a supervisee because I think if we're doing this for ourselves, knowing that we're not perfect, assessing our own motivation, right. we need to be doing that, but we also need to be helping our supervisees learn right. to do that too. Right. So If we can model it, then they can right. do it even better. So the three wishes activity would be so many fun ways to do this. I mean, sometimes I get out my magic wand or my fairy wand mm -hmm. or we might draw a picture to explain or describe what the three wishes might look like or you might draw a picture of what it would look like if you got your three wishes but helps you to identify what are those things that if there were no obstacles what would be the best possible outcome in your mind or what would be the thing that you would right need the most yeah I like that. that would help me I mean I think in that scenario one of my wishes would be all people would know about play therapy right and <laughs> what it means and what it looks like and how amazingly wonderful and impactful it can be and that it didn't just 
just have that one type, that yeah. one image, right. when it can be so much more than that one yeah, image. Yeah, I can see that. Heather, the, the third point in the article that we read is build a culture with care and candor. How are you doing that in supervision? Or I, how have you? I think I've done a couple of different things. We're really looking at transparency, I believe. Mm-hmm. My supervisees know that I am all about them growing, learning, all along the way. I don't want to necessarily be the only expert they're talking to. I've shared TED Talk with my supervisees that I found intriguing and then talk about them afterwards. That gives you a lot of insight and you open a dialogue where you guys can be on the opposite side of the fence, maybe talk about some Mm -hmm. touchy topics. It allows for that conversation to kind of unfold. A couple other things that I use is an Enneagram or even just the quick version of it Mm -hmm. to see what are strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I've actually had supervisees come back and say, well, I know you would like this and they've brought me articles to share. Mm -hmm. So that's one Mm -hmm. thing I do love to share from Bibliotherapy. It does sound like that's a collaborative culture of supervisees are bringing things to you to share with you. I like that idea of transparency. I feel like I've done that a lot in the last couple of months with telehealth. Oh, yes. As I was learning that modality and feeling more confident with it than sharing with my supervisees, hey guys, I didn't know this before, or I'm trying this out and it's working well, or how comfortable or uncomfortable are you feeling with this and being transparent about it has been helpful. When I'm trying to build care and candor, for me at least, it goes a long way when I show more of my personality. Yes. I'm trying to think of different work settings where there's been more of an opportunity to do that and Mm -hmm. it's it's helped. I worked at a place that provided support to people with cancer. Okay. And there was a lot of room to be creative and Mm -hmm. do different things. One of the things that I did wanting to work with the kids that were there, either because they had cancer or a parent or someone else had they loved had cancer, we did lots of silly, playful things. And I always made sure to participate a lot. One time we had, we did like a story hour that included breakfast. Oh, I love it. I came decked out in my pajamas Mm -hmm. and my bunny slippers. And they got to see a lot of that personality and see that I had a hard time walking in my bunny slippers. I'm not perfect and that I was being silly and wanted to play along with them. Love that. That helps me a lot. I remember too, the same place, we wanted to engage people on all different kinds of levels and interests. And one thing that I did, I spread a puzzle out in one of the just main areas because I like to do puzzles. And so I would just kind of like tinker Mm -hmm. and put a piece in here and there, but it made me really available to people. Right. They could catch you in the Mm -hmm. hallway or anywhere Right. And it looked like I had time for them. They would come and sit down and put a piece in, Mm -hmm. you know, sit there and we'd end up talking and find a way that we could be helpful to them in some way. I like that. An activity that I like to do for this purpose, it's really collaborative and like you said, it provides a lot of transparency, is a think, pair, and share. Okay. Tell me about that. It's really a teaching activity. Mm-hmm. Think the first step, I think this could be used if you're watching a video of a supervisee, if they're discussing and maybe an activity they've presented in a session or, or an intervention. So thinking is one on each individual might make some notes, jot down some words about what they experience or their thoughts right away. Then the pair is that if, if it's a group or even a triad, that they would share their thoughts okay. with each other, like a small group. And then the share would be that you would discuss with the group. Right. So it allows a lot of room for differences of opinions, mm-hmm. perspectives, even initial reactions. Like I watched this and I thought this, right. that each one of us could have a different experience. Right. It just allows a lot of room for input. And oh, that's a great way feedback. to get everyone to feel like they could contribute right. without feeling. So like you're it. eliciting feedback from everyone involved in a different mm-hmm. way. I like that. Our final point in the article that we read this week is 
is maintain a five to one positive interaction ratio. Mm-hmm. And they happen to reference Gottman of course. as a reasoning for the five to one positive interaction ratio. Gottman says that this is a way to ensure a healthy relationship. And if you become too out of balance with this five to one ratio, that the relationship could be in danger. Right. Heather, in a supervisee, supervisor relationship, mm-hmm. how are you maintaining that positive ratio? Or maybe even you have an example of a time where you it didn't really maintain that positive I ratio. Think I can think of the first weekly. I might come up with another one. As I'm thinking through it, you know, one of the things that I loved about my supervisor is what rang true to me. He always commented that he appreciated my commitment or he recognized how important something was to me. No matter what I had done, I was walking away feeling like he really heard me that week and connected. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things I try to do with my supervisees is reflect back. These were such great points this week that you worked on or you had such great success just to make sure that it's acknowledged in the room before you're rushing out the door to get back to your client. Mm-hmm. So ending on a high note. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'd one. like that. I definitely feel it when I don't end on a high note. Right, you're like, and the session's <laughs> over. Gotta go. <laughs> I do know that a handful of times I've specifically said that recently. I really would like to end on a high note. Can mm-hmm. we think of something that helps us end on a high note? And so it's kind of collaborative when I'm asking right. for that too. Also, I think that's a good way to get people to re-engage. You're like, okay, let's get our heads back wrapped around the takeaway. I like to make sure that you have to give that a negative or like a remediation plan, something that more heavy, that you do come back around with you. Ha- this is a collaborative effort. I am here to support you. We can work through this together. Finding those points that you can kind of coach them along the way, mm-hmm. that there are changes they have to make, but make sure you identify them when you see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, make sure whatever small movement you see, you take advantage right. and notice. To bring up a remediation plan is important and fits this fourth point so well, mm-hmm. five to one positive interaction ratio. I was thinking of times where you need to give negative, right. air quote negative mm-hmm. feedback. It feels negative. There are times where you just need to do that. I, a lot of times from counselors, supervisees hear that they feel like that in a parent consultation situation, oh, that they feel like yes. they're just giving negative feedback. Right, right. I think the way that I do that with a supervisee or a parent or someone else, the situation is that I'm there to give them negative feedback right. is that I also try really hard to connect with the part of them that feels really human. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think about when I'm giving parent feedback that I'm looking at my client in 20 years right. or 30 years. Right. It's, it's the kid that I really mm-hmm. love and appreciate mm-hmm. in the grown up version. Right. Uh, that's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and I also try with supervisees and parents both to remind myself, because sometimes I do find myself forgetting and moving past this really quickly, that there is a learning curve. Absolutely. That when you're starting out with a supervisee who's just brand spanking new out of school, mm-hmm. they haven't learned things, certain things. They haven't stumbled. They right. haven't come across different situations that they're going to have a hard time with and learned from them and moved on. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell myself that for right now, where they are, they're right where they need to be. Right. And that what I expect of them needs to be adjusted to that. They Maybe they have never done a parent consultation themselves. This is pretty new and it's, it feels daunting and it's okay if they don't hit a home run right. the very first time. I tell myself that. It helps me to then have more positive interaction when I'm remembering that they are where they are. They're where they're supposed to be. They're learning and they're in supervision or getting parent consultation because that's what they're doing. They're trying right. to learn. They're trying to get better. Right. And I that often helps. try to pair something that they 
they can take away some of this, which could be if you want to know more about this hard thing that we've had to discuss Mm -hmm. here, have you checked out this book or I like to follow this blog or whatever it is. So you're trying to leave them with a resource. Right. Like, yeah, that was maybe not the best approach, but have you looked at this blog or have you heard this podcast? Mm -hmm. Just to give a variety of reasons, because my way doesn't have to be exactly the way. The only way. Right. Well, an activity that I would use in order to facilitate this idea of five to one and a positive interaction ratio is a card game. Okay. It's kind of a made up card game. (laughs) Um, I'm ready. There's not a winner. (laughs) I would assign a different type of feedback for each suit in the car in the deck of cards. So a heart is detailed feedback. Okay. A spade is big picture feedback. Mm -hmm. A club is hard to hear feedback. Okay. Giving each suit a different type of feedback and then dealing the cards. Okay. And as you turn over the cards and a part of this is that it's a two person game. Right. Or more. So everybody gets cards. So okay. I'm getting cards. The supervisee is getting cards. Mm-hmm. So we're giving and getting feedback together. Okay. And I like that it's cards. It mixes it up. You don't always know exactly what kind of feedback you're going to be giving or getting, but the cards help you decide or help right. direct that. Right. Today we talked about giving and getting feedback and supervision. And we gave you guys a handful of different activities that you might incorporate into supervision with your supervisees. Thanks for listening to this week. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.